is Planet X. Planet X. Planet X. <laughs> Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by Long Hours is a solo project by Melbourne-based performer and artist Julian Medor, who's toured Japan twice and played countless shows up and down the east coast of Australia. Long Hours has written, produced and recorded 14 albums, two split EPs with two Japanese bands he's toured with, and three live albums in the space of two years. You'll be hard-pressed to find another act with such a rigorous drive. Long Hours Live is a display of ruthless, cathartic, lo-fi, no-wave mayhem, counterbalanced with post-punk, goth, doo-wop serenades, constantly writing, forever trying to outdo himself, show after show, because after all is said and done, it's never enough. And this one's introduced by Julian Medor and Long Hours with the album Smile, with Paul Elliott on 3CR. This album Smile was put together in loving memory of a dear friend of mine who took his own life only a few months ago. Um, The majority of the songs on this album uh, are actually inspired by him and certain kind of events and conversations with one another. The first song off Smile is called Life Song. Um, This is kind of my attempt to kind of parody the notion of songwriting about life itself and how you can live life to the fullest or life can be short, life can be great and it's kind of just almost a tongue-in-cheek kind of reference to some of those cliches of songwriting but on a deeper level it is about a friend of mine who didn't live very long because he decided to take his own life Uh, and then there's references to someone like a star like Magic Johnson who was a basketball player that had a huge career, got AIDS, and lived through it and continues to live on and and looks like someone who's living a long life. So you've got this kind of strange dichotomy between a personal reference to a friend who's lived a short life and then a reference to someone who's so well-known and revered who continues to live on greatly. Um, That's kind of what Life Song is about.
so soft, you won't sing it long I so soft, you won't sing it long The second song on the album is called It'll Be My Practice Girl. Um, basically, two days prior to my friend's suiciding, we had a conversation via text message, which was a very positive, joyful, fun series of, of, of conversation, um, which, I, which led in no way to me ever thinking two days later I'd receive a phone call to find out that he'd thrown himself under a train. And it was something that obviously struck me so hard. Um, I didn't really know how to kind of deal with his loss. So I kind of found the courage to go back through our messages and, I don't know, as a way of grieving or closure or trying to deal with the loss of this guy, I decided to turn our text message into a song. Um, So... Basically, this text, this series of messages back and forth to one another are the lyrics to this song.
Uh, this next song is called Pitches, which is another reference to the passing of my friend. As obviously word got out, people started putting up pictures of him, you know, throughout his life. And I've kind of primarily known him while he was playing in bands and, and being a frontman of a really great, intense, kind of heavy, noisy sort of band. So I got to see him in that element of his life. And then, you know, you see him in the element of his life with his family through pictures his family puts up or pictures a girlfriend puts up of him and you see this, I don't know, well-dressed, softer side to a human being that you really cherish. But then to see him in a way that you never experienced kind of adds so much more depth to the personality. So that's one element to the to the idea of this song. And the other idea behind this song is kind of just to live your life to the fullest and don't take every day for granted. I mean, a main lyric in it is don't live your life like a film to fall asleep to. Um, that's my way of saying, you know, each day get up in the morning with a goal in mind or before you go to bed that day, feel like you've achieved something. That's that's what this song is about. next song is called A Violent Hand, which is a continuation of me, um, I guess, paying homage to my friend Matt. Um, a Violent Hand is a cover uh, by the Berkshire Hunting Club, which is the band he played in for a number of years that I was lucky enough to tour with and, and get along so well with and become a total fanboy of, you know, my close friend's band, basically. Apparently, Violent Hand is a song about domestic violence that they wrote. Um, it's definitely one of their more subdued songs. Um, I asked Ryan, who is probably the closest friend to Matt, if I could cover this song, and he, of course, said yes. So it was a nice experience. 
covering one of their songs and trying to get through it without completely breaking down emotionally and just trying to do it justice. So this is that song, A Violent Hand by the Berkshire Hunting Club. Um, actually, one more thing, in the piano part wasn't recorded by me. It was recorded by a good friend of mine, Dallas Gray, who's an exceptional pianist. So there you go. The next song, Carl, is about a friend of mine who began working basically as a standover man or as a debt collector. Um, this is something he did for a short amount of time that he found himself getting very good at and because of how, I don't know, how systematic it became for him, he realized he had to get out of this game. Basically, that's what the uh, song is about and it goes into some sort of detail as to some of the events that took place in this line of work so that's that's Carl Men crumble. Ah! A 
get the job done He's your man To get what's owed Straight back to you This song, Good Shirt, is my sort of parody uh, on, I guess, that kind of Dick Dale-esque kind of surf rock sort of style of music. Lyrically, it's quite simple. It kind of talks about this kind of, I don't know, destitute kind of deadbeat sort of character. Uh, the rest of it, again, is 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 kind of, you know... Musically, quite a strong reference towards that, I guess, late 50s, early 60s surf rock sort of vibe. Something I kind of enjoy doing. It's not something I do very often for long hours, but it's something I've always enjoyed. Again, it's that kind of solid rock and roll cliche that I don't mind reveling in. So that's this song, Good Shirt.
This next song, There's Still Plastic on the Couch, is a song I wrote about my grandmother's dream that she told me um, when I visited her, which I do visit her regularly, it's something I do. Um, it was a dream she had about me and my ex-girlfriend making amends and getting back together and surprising her with a visit of me and her together because she really did like my ex a lot. Uh, I think it's her mind in an unconscious way kind of wishing her grandson would find someone um, that he could spend the rest of his life with. And it's very, very far from reality. That's uh, something she finds very difficult to cope with. So that's what this song is about. you're listening to and this one's introduced by and I'm long hours introducing my album Smile uh, this next song Rant is about 
basically it's about David Yao from the Jesus Lizard. Um, my friend Matt uh, was a person who introduced me to the band and I've been a huge, huge fan of them ever since. So lyrically, there's some references to David Yao's stage antics and again, this kind of goes back to my friend Matt and our mutual appreciation of the band. This next song around is about a man called John who I met a couple of years ago on the street uh, on tour in Adelaide actually. It's just a guy that kept wandering around talking to himself and repeating this this kind of conversation with himself over and over. Uh, I'd previously written a song about him on the first album I wrote so I decided to kind of revisit uh, writing about this man again. The second time, we found him again exactly in the same street, talking to himself, but somehow he remembered us. So we actually got to sit down with him. We bought him an orange juice and had a huge conversation with him. And it was maybe we got him on a day where he had a lot more clarity to him. We had some interesting conversations with him. And basically, this whole song is about this conversation with this man called John. <laughs> Up and down, 
This song poster is about a poster my friend Matt made for me um, to promote a band I was playing in. And the poster shows a picture of Roland S. Howard. It shows a picture of Tracy Pugh. It shows Luna Park. And it's referencing kind of all these iconic Melbourne themes. And in the corner, it's written, To the dead thugs and junkies that made Melbourne great. Um, So basically... I took this artwork Matt made for me and kind of turned it into a song. That's what Poster is about.
this song Gift Card kind of came to me very late at night. Um, it was just me humming a melody and singing some very simple lyrics. And then when I went back to look at it again, I kind of liked exactly how it was. So I decided to keep it quite short and simple and repetitive without any musical uh, or instruments instruments backing the song. So it's a bit of a kind of unnerving little intimate sort of number. The devil's a man. The devil's a man. But do 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 the devil's a man. 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 Yes, he is the devil's a man. The devil's a man. Ah, the devil's a man. The devil's a man. Yeah, the devil's in man. The devil's in man. The devil's in man. The devil's in man. The devil's a man. The devil's in 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 man. The devil I This song Kiss is another attempt of mine to parody the music genre of doo-wop. I've always found doo-wop to be something kind of a bit more subversive than, you know, lovey-dovey crooner take on, on popular music. There's something, there's some sort of undercurrent to it that I find a little bit unnerving. And I kind of enjoy... Uh, Writing uh, in that style of genre with the, the chord structure, and it's something that always sounds kind of timeless and familiar, and to kind of try to twist it and bastardize it into this kind of no-wave, lo-fi way, something I, I kind of enjoy doing a lot. Close all your last slow long time. 
remind you of that desire to always be free. song never enough is again another kind of take on that kind of timeless 50s slash 60s rock that's a bit kind of doo-wop and croonery um i guess the song is about my outlook on my own life and my trajectory uh as i'm getting older i kind of notice that nothing ever seems to be good enough or I never seem to reach a point where I feel completely satisfied. I'm always searching to do better or to get more out of what I'm doing with my time while I'm alive. Um, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I will be happy enough with what I've achieved. That's what this song is all about. And it's the last song on this album, Smile. So I thought it was an interesting way to kind of end the album because it you know, I'm 20 records in with this project, Long Hours, which I've been doing now for two years, and I just never seems to be enough of a of a goal or or reaching a point that I'm satisfied with. So I I continue to write and do all this with my time. <laughs> Oh, 
Hi, this is Long Hours. Don't forget to visit Planet X every Thursday night at 11.30pm. Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr Gonzo and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. The third possibility is to try to imagine genuinely new kinds of futures, ones that have never existed before. But to do that, we as individuals will have to regain the confidence that we have lost in this frightened and uncertain time. But already the psychological theories that tell us we are weak and manipulable are cracking. And more and more people are beginning to realise that the fragmented emotions of anxiety and suspicion that they feel inside them may really be just the raw material for the technology corporations to feed off. It may be that we are really far stronger than we think. The one thing that is certain is that the world of the future will be different and that the people in that future will feel and think differently too. If we can regain our confidence, we will find that we have the power to influence how that future turns out. And as a first step, we have to start imagining what kind of future it is we want to build. The anthropologist and activist David Graeber, who died last year, described the forgotten idea that is waiting to be rediscovered and how thrilling it could be. The ultimate hidden truth of the world, he wrote, is that it is something we make and could just as easily make differently. Sometimes we're